Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy basketball season, everybody. And welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlich and McLean. Special episode alert, Eric McLean. <laughs> And actually, can we tell the people this was Mac's idea? Mac, tell us what? tell us why we had to do this episode. Come on, KG. Well, first of all, um, there there's this little basketball game. It's not little, actually. It's enormous. Massive. Probably you tell me, is this the biggest regular season game of the season? Um, well non-conference. Non-conference. <laughs> awkwardly, probably not because South Carolina no. and Notre Dame are playing in Paris. Man, I don't care about them. This is <laughs> Final Four teams that we're talking about. By here. the time this about episode, exhibition. By the time this episode will have come out, they will have already played. So we don't know the score of that game because we're recording this earlier. But what? Even if it isn't, it's one of the one of the big one of the top five. You know, whatever. Okay. And this is what women's hoops does, Mac. We have yes. incredible non-conference matchups every single year. Yeah. Well, Kelly kind of ruined the intro, Sorry. but anyway, <laughs> it's a massive game: Virginia Tech, Iowa playing in Charlotte. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see this game. Uh, Kelly, as soon as I heard about it, I'm trying to buy tickets. I want to be there. I want to support and see this just because it's two Final Four teams. It, it's Caitlin Clark, the best player in the world, and Virginia Tech, a team that I think is really good. Liz Kitley, I think another one of the best players in the entire world, and just two great teams that are going to go after it. So I had to buy tickets right away, and then I found out three, four weeks later we will be there, partner, not as a podcast, but as ACC Network. We're going to be hanging out, Gramlich and McLean, plus Kelsey Riggs covering this game. It's going to be so much fun, KG. I cannot wait for this. So we had to do a special episode. We're going to jump into this game, and we've got Gabby Marshall from Iowa, great shooter, point guard, doing her thing out there. Uh, and then, of course, the GOAT, Liz Kitley, KG. Love this conversation with both these girls. Oh, man. This, I, I was so excited for this episode. And it just shows Mac, y'all, Mac loves hoops and he loves women's hoops. He's a he's a massive supporter, as he should be, because the product is amazing. But Mac bought his tickets so early for this game. Early. and Might have been the first person to buy tickets, maybe. quite frankly. And, you know, Amelia might play for Virginia Tech or Iowa uh, or Clemson. Which Amelia nice. might also be at the game. So stay tuned for cute pictures. Everybody. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So Liz Kitley, who we're talking to first, she is the reigning two-time ACC player of the year, preseason first team All-American for Virginia Tech. She holds so many records already for Virginia Tech and is the best player to ever play in Blacksburg. I think we can say that easily. Her jersey will be retired, et cetera. And she still has her fifth year to play. She's also a massive Swifty, which we discussed. Gabby Marshall from Iowa is entering her fifth season with the Hawkeyes coming off a national title appearance with her squad. She has start, she started all 38 games for Iowa last year and shot a ridiculous 50% from three in Iowa's magical postseason run. Let's talk to two of the best players in the country, Liz Kitley and Gabby Marshall. Liz, what's up? Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we all know about the amazing run that the Hokies made last year. And you announced after the Final Four loss, a little bit afterwards, that you would be returning for your fifth season. When and why did you make that decision? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think finally I hadn't told like anyone until then. So that's like even like family and stuff like it wasn't like public knowledge. But um, like last summer, it was probably 50 50. Mm -hmm. And then just throughout the progression of the season, it just became more and more leaning towards coming back. Um, I think I just realized that all the pros outweighed the cons uh, by far. Um, having a stable environment and knowing I have a coach that loves and values me and teammates that I love playing with, um, you're not going to get that everywhere. And I think um, having the opportunity to do it for another year is just, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a place that uh, cares for me so much and that I care about as well. Um, but the the final decision was when I, I booked my ticket to Australia uh, in the spring. Um, and I did that. I can't remember exactly when I did that, but at that point I knew like, this is a $3,000 plane ticket. I'm not going to not use it. So mm-hmm. I had to make the decision and I had to go to Australia. So it worked out. And that, that was your trip with Georgia and Kayla that you went over the summer. So obviously if you went pro, you would not have been able to take that trip. Exactly. Exactly. Aha. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I amazing. see what you're doing there. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Liz, I've, I've heard you talk about this a couple of times uh, with other people, but you know, coming back and, and you know, just your personal growth as, as a player, but also as a woman, you know, what, what did you, I guess, want from that aspect and things that you want to work on this season? Um, well, I think having Coach Brooks as my, like, number one guy is I'm, – I'm just so blessed to have that uh, relationship and experience with my head coach. Um, I just knew that having another year of one-on-one workouts with him and uh, mm-hmm. film sessions with, with him would just make me better um, on the court but also off, as you mentioned. Um, I think we had we had a few goals for what I could get better at. Uh, I think, you know, looking forward, it's going to be really important for me to be able to guard um, on the outside. Uh, so we've definitely been working on on that in practice. Um, also, just expanding my moves outside of the block. Um, that's That's been fun in practice, so I've, I've liked implementing that. Um, you know, you might see fadeaways from okay. a little farther, a little okay. farther. What about the three ball is? That's what people want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he makes me shoot like one or two every practice, so. It's just about getting comfortable with it, you know, and confidence. It's really, that's all it boils down to. Like, mm-hmm. I can do it in practice as much as I want, but I got to be able to just say, I can't say it on the podcast, but <laughs> heck with it. <laughs> just do it. Hey, you Let can it say, fly, we, baby. We, we can put a little E on the episode. You can say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> is that difficult, though? I mean, growing that part of your game and, and shooting the ball when, you know, on the outside, maybe you want to be on the inside. Is, is that uncomfortable or are you just like, hey, I've got to do this to take it to the next level. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been, I've never been bad at it. It's never been like out of my right. realm. I think it's more of a mental battle. Cause I'm always like, mm. okay, I could shoot this right now, but I also know I can get a shot down there. Like, well, depends on defenses, but <laughs> normally like I can shoot a, a shot that I'm really comfortable with that I think has a really, really high percentage. Um, so it's more teaching myself that it's okay. It's not a bad shot. Mm. Um, and just cause I take, you know, a couple of game or something, it's not going to completely alter my, my percentages or my, my mindset. Like that's mm-hmm. just what I have to instill in myself. Um, but my, my coaches and my teammates make that really clear and make it easier for me because uh, they have confidence in me. And I mean, that's all you can really ask for when you're trying something new, something that's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Liz, <laughs> threes, sign me up. Liz, you guys were one seed in the NCAA tournament last year. You won the ACC tournament in, in dominating fashion. And still, a lot of people did not pick you guys to come out of your region to get to the Final Four. Uh, certain people did, of course, you know, maybe me. <laughs> but what did it feel like 
to prove people wrong and and really put the Hokies on the map by making that first Final Four. I mean, we said this all last year. Uh, we were so aware of the noise and so aware of everyone thinking that we would be the first one seed to lose. We weren't going to make it out of our region, blah, blah, blah. Um, like we heard all that stuff, but our mentality was more of proving ourselves right instead of other people wrong because we didn't want to give attention to those things that weren't providing anything positive for us. Uh, we more wanted to feed into our positive culture and our confidence in ourselves because I think ever since the the Duke loss that we had in January, I believe it was, from that point on, our team felt like we weren't going to lose another game. Mm, wow. We just had that that confidence in us and we were playing so well together and we loved playing together. That group is like remarkable and I'll never forget playing with those girls. Um, so it was really within us and we were able to just have the confidence and have fun together and that showed up in the win section. Quick sidebar on that. I called the game after the Duke game when you guys played at Virginia. And I remember getting there and I'm like, oh, it's Liz and Georgia. They'll want to chat. Georgia wanted to chat. Liz said, hey. And she walked like <laughs> she did not want to chat. And I thought, okay, yeah, this this She's is for real. In. She's locked in. And I, I do feel like that game is really when it started for you guys. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We had we had a mindset, a mindset shift. We had a practice style shift. We wow. had more pads out in practice. We, we knew we had to get more physical. Like so many things were altered at that point. Um, and yeah, it's nothing personal. I just get really uh, locked. No, Liz, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I get, I don't know. Even when I see my, my face in game clips or when I watch games back, I look like so like bored or like uninterested or just blank. But it's just because I'm so focused. Like I don't show it in like other ways that other people do, but I don't know. It's it's in there. It's just no, no, well, kudos to you guys for for you know addressing that head on and and making it happen. I mean, that, that's hard for teams to totally shift, you know, kind of in the middle of a season. And, and to hear that from you, I, I think number one that shows your coaching staff is un, unbelievable leaders, and then the players to buy in. Like you guys knew what was at stake, and, and you knew the mission that was ahead of you. Now we've mentioned Georgia a couple of times here, so I do want to ask you about that because you guys are roommates, besties. W what was it like? to watch her in that tournament just go in fuego. I mean, and catch fire at the perfect time for you guys. No, it couldn't have gotten more convenient for all of us. <laughs> I mean, that she took. Um, but I think we were all just most, like, happy for her because we all knew that she could do that. Like, she makes us ooh and ah and practice nonstop. Um, so for her to finally, you know, get on a huge stage and for everyone else to see what, what she can do and what she is uh, was really, really fun. And, I think she's left a huge impact now. When we walk around campus, she gets stopped way more than me. Like, she's the fiery... I don't know about that. I'm being so for real. <laughs> like, everyone just loves a fiery Australian, and her, her play reflects that. And she's just so exciting to watch. And hopefully, um, you know, it's a lot of pressure, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be to pick up where she left off, because she was playing at just an unreal caliber. Um, so, so for that to be maintained... Uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure, but I also think it's something that she's capable of and something she's aware of. So it's made her work extra, extra hard over this offseason. Yeah. Speaking of that pressure, I, I wanted to transition here at some point, and, and you kind of helped me out there with it. From from just a basketball sense in, in the women's game, you, you guys are growing this thing at a super high rate. And, and I just look at basketball like right now, like this class of of women and the things that you're doing on TV, but also off the courts and, and just the caliber of play is rising dramatically. Do you, do you guys feel that? Like, do, do you feel a responsibility to 
hey, I've got to perform right now. Like th- this is such a vital part, a vital time in our game to grow that. Do you feel that ever? Yeah, I think it can translate into a little bit of pressure, but I think we're also just so happy for the place that women's basketball has got to. So it's more of a joy because um, we love playing. We've been playing for who knows how long, like 15 years at this point. So for it to finally get the recognition and the attention and the love that we've had for it for the last, geez, like 15 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's just really exciting. And I think, you know, the more people watch it, the more people will love it. The more people will stick around, the bigger the audience will get, the bigger the opportunities for female athletes. Um, and that's just really exciting. I think we're really, you know, we, we've contributed to it. Yes, but we're also just really lucky to be in this time period and, and to play with some of the players across the country that, that have so much attention and so many eyes on them. Um, and, you know, obviously the big game in Charlotte next week is is part of that. And there's going to be so many eyes on that game. But that's just an opportunity for us uh, and not, not just us individually, but just for women's basketball. 100%. And great perspective, right? To look at it as you get to play with joy. Right. And you guys do play with joy. That's what I've always loved about watching Virginia Tech. And I also think of um, when I think of the joy you play with, Liz, I think of the gallop. After you hit the game winner at North Carolina, <laughs> legendary uh, giraffe esque, some oh, have no. said. That's right. And and look, you hit the game winner. It's like, hey, say whatever you want about me. I hit the game winner. I'm good to go. No, uh, okay, but you mentioned. That, go yeah, ahead. That just came from within. I, I know. Yeah, yeah you didn't know what to do. You You're freaking out. <laughs> it was great. Uh, you mentioned other big names. You mentioned this big game, the Ally tip off on November 9th. Massive game for so many reasons in Charlotte, in the Spectrum Center. We've heard tickets have sold like crazy. They're going to have a unique court for it. It's going to be on prime time. How excited are you guys? I know you have High Point first because I'm calling that game, so I'm really pumped. But how excited are you all for this matchup and to go up against Caitlin Clark? Yeah, we have to acknowledge High Point because we played them last year and we did not play our best. And I know they're going to be itching to play us again. Um, So we're definitely preparing for that first. Uh, they also play a very interesting style, so we have to prepare completely for that. We can't cheat and start with Iowa early. If we overlook that game at all, we won't win. Uh, that's just being serious. Um, but to the Iowa game, we are so, so excited. Like, I think it's just it's just so cool to be a part of this huge event and this huge, I feel like, milestone in women's basketball. And mm-hmm. um, also just for like the growth of our program. Uh, it's cool to experience this with Coach Brooks because he's, you know, come from a, a place where this never would have been an opportunity for him. Um, and to kind of have come from that also, like my freshman year, we never would have been asked to, to play Iowa in a primetime game or whatever. <laughs> um, so for us to have this much growth and to bring the program to this point is really, really exciting. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, the eyes that are going to be on that is it's exciting. And, and, you know, for us to be there in a working capacity is really cool. Uh, to to see that and to see you guys and and just get going, you know, back on on another run here. Tell us a little bit more uh, about this team and, and maybe what we can come to expect, you know, for this upcoming season and and maybe a bit of an encore after a Final Four ap- uh, appearance. Yeah, um, I mean, this team is so so different. I think a lot of people don't realize that we literally only have three returners on the entire roster uh, that were eligible last year. Um, so having nine new pieces has been quite a journey. Uh, we're still getting to know each other. We're we're not going to reach our final form until, you know, probably January, February. But uh, I think last year actually gave us a lot more confidence in that because we also last year started the ACC three and three. Like we had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, and that turned out all right. So 
Uh, I think I think now coming into this year, we can have a little more confidence with the unknown uh, and not be as uncomfortable with that. Um, but as far as new new pieces, we have just an incredible shooter in Matilda Eck from Michigan State. Uh, I swear she shoots like 80% from three. Anytime she misses, we are so confused. I'm like, are, are you okay? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense because she just makes them uh, most of the time. Absolutely. Um, also just have uh, a four from Minnesota, Rose Mishaw. Um, and she's, you know, that big physical player that we, we really need. Oh my God. He's so and um, Amelia McLean is transferred Famous. in, who's excited to ball out with the girls. <laughs> She's ready. She's ready. Liz, what's, what's your advice for young Amelia here? How can she get a, a scholarship to Virginia Tech? If I was a coach, I'd offer her right now. She's so cute. She's sweet. You get an offer right now. Oh, my goodness. I have no power, but I would. <laughs> her eyes are – I'm sorry. I'm so easily distracted. She's, She's so, so cute. cute. Say hey. I know. You want to grab the mic? Say something. Amelia, when you commit to VT and you break all of Liz's records, we will show this footage, and hopefully I'm calling the game. Well, here's the deal, too, Liz. So my basketball number was 33, so hopefully she will wear 33. Her mom was 15, though. She was a badass But Liz is going to be retired, so you got to deal with that. Oh, you can't. So she'll have to be 15. 33 will be retired, Amelia. It's going to be tough. You can be 15. Poor Amelia. She'll work through it. But, y'all, I know Rose has kind of taken over that T-Soul spot, or at least going to try. Yeah, I mean, obviously those are huge shoes to fill. Um, I think it's a little, it would be unfair to T-Soul to say, yep, this is the new T-Soul. Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's not that easy. Um, but she does provide some of those same traits that we lost in T-Soul. And obviously it's going to take her some time also to fit our system. But it took T-Soul some time to fit our system. And she didn't understand her role probably until uh, later in conference play. Um, but hopefully she'll come into that and we'll all, we'll all find a chemistry and a, and a mesh and uh, learn how to play with each other. and. Uh, and hopefully not too long, but, you know, you can put a timeline on it. <laughs> yeah, and that's why, you know, these early games are so exciting. You guys also have LSU in the um, ACC-SEC Challenge, but your season proved last year that you, all you have to really do is be peaking in March, and you can do some crazy things. Um, someone who has peaked but somehow continues to peak and will never stop peaking is Taylor Swift. Obviously, you have <laughs> Taylor behind you in your uh, room there. Liz, I mean, let's educate Mac a little bit. You're a huge Swifty. <laughs> please, please I'm help a huge me. Swifty. Tell me your favorite track from the vault and just tell Mac what he's missing. Like he's not even educating Amelia yet on T-Swift. It's really bad parenting. That's such a shame. Um, yeah, my favorite 1989 vault track is Is It Over Now? Not even close. Same, same. It's the best one. I'm sorry. But they're all like, it's like that's number one. And then the rest can be tied. Like there's no there's no else. They're yeah. all wins. They're all Obviously. so good. Um yeah, as far as far as you, uh, you have a lot of. I would say I know the I know the movie's long. I know it's three sure. hours, but sure. if you just went and I just need to educate myself, acknowledge yes. the talent that it takes yeah. to perform like that. I think right. you'll be converted. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the Any deal. Endurance? I mean, I was I was fully 100 percent on you know the Taylor train when back in the day when she was a, a country singer. Yeah. And then it just I don't know I just kind of faded away. I listen. Mm. I am not denying that she is the biggest superstar in the world right the goat. now. I mean, there's no question. There's no question. It's just, you know, you know, it's not me. It's I, I not get me. it. That, that was my dad too. Here, here's a little mm, anecdote. Yeah. My dad was fully on the country thing. When she left to do 1989 and wanted to do pop, She he fell off with her. And then he just bought the vinyl for 1989. 
And he's called me like 5 million times saying, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I ever stopped listening. This is so good. He's like, why didn't anyone tell me about Blank Space? I was like, dad, that song was number one for like months. <laughs> like, that is like the, her biggest song ever. But he didn't, he wasn't aware. Ralph. I know, I know. I was embarrassed. I, I, I don't even know if I should have said that. <laughs> at least it's come around and that's all that matters so you, all that matters. I, I have hope for you okay that's well you know I, i'll check it out we'll jump back in I, listen i've got a, a car ride to raleigh coming up this weekend i'll blast it and, and see if i get back on the train perfect why did nobody tell me about one of the biggest songs of all time that's <laughs> that's great stuff from ralph there hey he's focused he's focused all right he's just focused on watching liz get buckets liz thank you for your time mac and i will both be in Charlotte to cover that Iowa-Virginia Tech game. We cannot wait, so we appreciate you. That's so exciting. Thanks for having me. College basketball is kicking off with the Asheville Championship at the Harris-Cherokee Center Asheville on November 10th and 12th, featuring my Clemson Tigers, Maryland, Davidson, and UAB. Tickets are on sale now at AshevilleChampionship.com. Save your spot, cheer on your team at the Asheville Championship, November 10th and 12th. Again, that's AshevilleChampionship.com. Get your tickets today. Gabby Marshall joining us here. Thank you so much for the time, Gabby. And, you know, coming off an incredible year for the Hawkeyes, how has the offseason been for you guys? I know practice has begun. You're getting ready for the season. So what's been going on with Gabby and the Hawkeyes since the national title game? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been a little busy. We've had a lot of immediate media attention, which we're very grateful for. Um, I think just the, the success we had last year brought a lot of coverage and just, I mean, fan support to our team. And I think the, uh, the most awesome thing from the offseason was just the amount of people we got that came up to us and was like, you brought us so much joy this season. Like we, they said that they've met people through our tournament run that they that they had never met before and stuff like that. So we kind of just like brought a community together. And I think that's that's the most important part, just how much we made the fans happy. And I mean, we've gotten out in the community more and gotten to be firsthand and meet the fans. So, I mean, it's just, it's just been a great off season, been a little busy, but you know, I mean, it's been fun. That's amazing. That's amazing. We're very grateful again for your time and, and joining us today. And, you know, kind of everything you just said right there kind of sparked something for me because I do think, um, you know, that this is happening live. Like as we're watching this right now, the the sport of basketball, the game of basketball, you guys are growing it like crazy. I mean, th- this class of women's basketball right now, all these different teams, obviously Iowa kind of being at the center of that. Um, do you feel a, a little bit of a responsibility there? Is is it a little bit of extra pressure just to perform and know that, hey, all eyes are literally on you guys and you're growing it at unprecedented rate right now? Yeah, you know, I think our coach talks a lot about pressure being a privilege. And I mean, we get to play on this I mean, we have the opportunity to play in front of millions every day. I mean, we get national coverage. We're getting millions of people watching our national championship game. I mean, the numbers are just growing, and that's a privilege. And so having that pressure from last year's success, and now we have sold out season tickets for the whole year, and we're going to have a filled Carver-Hawkeye arena every single game, no matter who we're playing. I mean, that's what you want. That's what you want as a competitor. That's what you want as a women's basketball player. Um, And I think we're going to get every team's best shot. We have 
a ton of good competition in the Big Ten alone and in the ACC and all the conferences. And I think that's just the games that you you live for. You want those competitive, hard-fought games that are going to go all the way to the buzzer. And that's what the fans want to see. That's well said, Gabby. Pressure is a privilege, um, and you guys are handling it really well. And we talked about this a little bit off air. We've got to hear more about this. You played in the coolest exhibition game of all time, uh, I have to say, on October 15th in Kinnick Football Stadium, where Iowa plays football, versus DePaul. What was that experience like? It was awesome. I think we talked a lot about how we are there every single weekend, uh, participating in the stands, in the wave, uh, seeing the team have the kid captain, and just being able to be a part of that. I mean, we got to use the football locker room. Um, we had our own kid captain, and we got to do the wave after the first quarter, which was just so awesome. I mean, it puts in perspective how this game is just a sport that we get to play, and it's just it's much more much bigger than basketball. I mean, we all the money we raised went to the children's hospital and. I mean, just the impact that we can make on those kids up there and allowing them to see us in person was just, it was an awesome day. And obviously we broke the uh, attendance record. There were so many people there and it was loud. I We talked about how in Carver, sometimes we can't really like hear the fans because we're just so focused, but I heard them. In I bet. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It was, it was one awesome. of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, um, you know, just the, the, support the participation i mean it, it was loaded it was loaded yeah. up to see yeah. that many people uh there just to watch you guys and to be a part of that i know how special that is for you uh let's dive into that game just a little bit because i am fascinated uh number one is outside was Ooh. wind a factor yeah you, you as a shooter i would cold. not like the wind yeah, being mean, a listen, factor hey listen we're all shooters Matt on this podcast right now okay so <laughs> so was sight lines different yeah. because it was this massive stadium just oh, kind of yeah. walk through all of that craziness that maybe people don't really think about yeah, you know, I think we were supposed to practice the day before on the court in Kinnick, but just it was it was a little chilly and it was kind of sprinkling a little bit, so we we weren't able to do that. So we really only had that an hour wow, before the game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was the depth perception was a little off. We had to get used to that a little bit. Um, we were kind of all just like, hey, if we airball, we airball. I mean, it. it it's for the it's for the experience. <laughs> At least this game doesn't matter. So, <laughs> I mean, no, it was it was awesome. Obviously, we knew it was going to be a little different than playing indoors, but I mean, it was so fun. I mean, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was for the kids. You could literally say it was for the kids. Yeah. That's why you it was were doing for the it. kids. Very cool. Okay, so yeah, let's kind of look ahead to this season. I mean, everybody knew how good Iowa was last year. You make the national title game. You make the Final Four. You solidify Iowa as a top program in women's hoops, how what did it mean to make it that far for you guys? But then secondly, what kind of motivation do you take from that really tough loss to LSU in the national title? Yeah, I think having the same starting five for three years, we've kind of been through all the highs and lows that basketball brings you together. Um, I think we had the most games as the same starters yeah. in all of like the teams last or these past few years. I forget what the number was, but that's that's crazy but I think just being able to have that run and make it to the national championship game for those girls and for these coaches who are mm. just so so deserving of that is the biggest thing I mean we put in so much work we knew what it we knew what it would take to get there we knew it wasn't going to be easy and I think just kind of that was the icing on the cake and it was just a, a great ending to a amazing season so but I think 
you get there and you put your all into mm. something and then you obviously lose the game. Um, we kind of, instead of talking about that loss, we kind of talked about how like we lost well, mm. if, if that makes sense. Like we were second, but we handled being second well. And you know, you're, you're going to put your all into something in life. I mean, it, it's, it's the same as in a sport and in, in the sport and in life, you're going to give your all to something and maybe you're, you'll fail, but it's the, it's the way you bounce back. That's the most important thing. And I think we've kind of put our heads down and, and gotten to work mm -hmm. this year. We haven't really dwelled on the good or the bad of last year. And that's what yeah. you have to do. I mean, seasons come and go, you have to move on. And I mean, we're really excited for this year. Uh, that's amazing. I remember I, I was able and lucky enough to be at that final four game uh, and, and just watch you guys. And, and I mean, just how well you played, as a team and going against South Carolina, a team that a lot of people thought yeah. preseason was the favorite to win it all and, and the challenges that they present and just how you guys came together and, and you know, really found a way and got to that natty. Uh, something else, else I also noticed about that final four was anytime that Caitlin Clark touched the ball, everyone was on their feet and no. people were thinking she's going to shoot it as soon as she crosses half court and uh, just the, the, the player, but also the person that she is. You obviously have a very unique perspective of seeing that, every day and, and you know when it's off camera uh how was she as a competitor as a leader and ultimately as a teammate for you guys yeah I think people fans see it every day she's fiery she's passionate and I think that's what makes her so great she has just this confidence about her that she never loses she can miss eight shots in a row but she's shooting the next 10 like and I I admire that so much about her as a shooter myself like I struggle with that but I mean I've never seen or played with a person with as much confidence as her and she just brings us up all she brings all of us up with her and I think that's what you have to do as the point guard of a team and the leader of the team on the court and so but I mean off the court she's just this goofy girl I mean she just she just loves the game like she loves going into practice with her teammates she loves the coaches I mean it's just it's just good to have just such a humble just passionate player mm -hmm. when she's the star of our team. I mean, she gets so much attention, but she wears her crown well. Mm, I love that. Wears her crown well. That's well said. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that you've seen her do in practice? Or maybe just y'all in general. Like, I have to imagine the shooting in an Iowa practice. I would love to just see it. It has to be unreal. <laughs> I would just say probably... The logo threes, like just coming right across half court, just putting it up and knowing it's going in. Um, or like some of the passes she makes in practice, which she's, she does in games as well. I'm just like, wow, like this girl is really good. Yeah. When you play with no Caitlin, question. you got to have your head on a swivel, right? Oh, you got to yeah. be ready That's at right. all times. That's <laughs> right. And, and I mean, just the way that she's so good at, at distributing the ball. I mean, yeah. that, that was something that uh, I don't think I truly appreciated until I saw it in person and kind of could see what she could see at the same time. Because, you know, TV, it's, it's a little limited, uh, mm -hmm. but just her court vision and, and how you guys just know that, hey, this ball could come to me at yeah. any moment. Um, so how about this year and, and looking forward to this team? Like, how have you guys gotten better? You kind of touched on a, a little bit briefly about, you know, channeling that national championship loss, but really having that front-facing, you know, windshield mentality. So, so what can we expect from this team uh, looking forward in this season? I think, first of all, just everyone on this team, except for our one incoming freshman, was a part of last year's national championship team. So now they know what it takes. They know how to bring it in practice. We can't take every any drill off, any game off. We're going to get every team's best shot. And so I think that helps going into this season, um, just in confidence and just knowing what it takes to get back to the where we want to be. 
But I think we talked a lot about how obviously we lost McKenna and Monica, mm -hmm. but Hannah and Addie and Sharon, who will have to step up this year, like we always talk about, like they do not have to be Monica and McKenna. Like they can be their own person. They bring different skill sets to the team. And I think we've been working through some things and changing some things from last year. And I mean, it's it's looking good. We're looking good in practice. <laughs> <laughs> Mag, she's like, uh, we're still really good. That's that's basically what you're saying, Gabby, but you're so too you're humble. Preaching to, to the choir. It. I already know that. I already so, know what time it yeah. is. <laughs> no one's doubting that. And another team that is still really good, I think, is Virginia Tech. And we are so excited for this matchup between you all and Virginia Tech, November 9th in Charlotte. Mac and I will both be there covering it for ACC Network. So we are pumped. We'll see you. We'll say hey. Uh, but I know you'll be locked <laughs> in. What right. do you remember about Virginia Tech last year? You probably didn't really notice much maybe during the regular season um I felt like people undervalued Virginia Tech all year frankly and then they go and make this this run so what have you seen from the Hokies and what do you expect from this game yeah I I, I didn't get to watch them all, all, all ugh, sorry I didn't get to watch them much during the year but obviously we had to prepare for all the teams that were making it deep into the tournament but I mean they returned three of the starters and obviously they have Georgia and Elizabeth and they're great players. I mean, we we had to, or we had to lock down on them. Um, but I think they're just an all around great team. They share the ball well and they they work hard. And that's kind of really what I've noticed a lot about that team. And yes, I agree they were undervalued. Um, and they played great in the tournament. And I I mean, they have great players. We have great players. It's going to be a game loaded with talent. <laughs> I'm glad it's going to be um, on the national stage so yeah. the fans can get a great game. But I know we're, we're just really excited. That's, yeah, those no are the question. games that you want. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be so fun. I can't wait to see it um, at, just as a fan and then also to be there in a working capacity is going to be a ton of fun. Gabby, I am interested in this. Do you talk trash on the court? Like, Are you a big <laughs> talker or do you just kind of play and orchestrate? I'm like the calm one. You know, we have Are to you, kind okay. of balance each other out. If that's Caitlin and, and Kate, they can do that. But I'm like the one that's like, all right. You keep everybody like, mellow. I understand. That was yeah. me, Gabby. Calm girls, you. calm down. I'm just going to yeah. let my game talk. The, the best way to talk trash is to go make six threes, right? I mean, that's that's the best way to talk. And you yeah. mentioned, Gabby, we know we got to let you run. You probably have to go get some shots up after this, knowing you. Um, but you mentioned the big stage. This game, the Ally tip-off, it's a big-time matchup on primetime TV in Charlotte. Uh, we've heard, Mac and I have been hearing, the tickets are just going like crazy. They're going to have a limited-edition court for this game. What does it mean to have this kind of high-profile matchup early in the season that's really focused on women's hoops? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like those are the games that you want. Um, we talked a lot about how we kind of usually get like – a few games under our belt before we play like yeah. a high caliber team, but this is like, we're going right into it. But I mean, you don't want anything other than that. I've had so many people be like, I want to come to this game. Like, do you have tickets? Do you have tickets? I'm like, no, I don't have tickets. Like, <laughs> there are so many people that are just looking forward to this game. And I mean, we're, we're going to give them a show, both teams, both teams are going to give them a show. It's going to be really right. fun. No, no doubt. Well, Gabby, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Excited to watch you guys all year long. Uh, good luck this season. Thank you. Man, KG, that was awesome. Talking to these two women and, and just, you know, we, we dove in a little bit more of, of some fun stuff off the, the field, off the court stuff with Liz Kitley there. Uh, Y'all's Taylor Swift, uh, you know, conversations were, you know, you let me, you let me listen. And I was kind of <laughs> like, all right. 
y'all. Let's let's get it, it going. Was- I will say this too. KG, you blessed me with a Taylor Swift playlist, kind of the 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 bops, the hits, mm-hmm. uh, and some off the beaten path. And you're like, hey, just give it a shot. I'll say it was it was a little bit better than 50-50. It was kind of like every other song. I was like, eh, okay, I like this. Eh, okay, I like this. So, you know, it's, it's I'm learning. I'm okay. trying to get there. I'm All trying right. to get there. Okay. You were down with uh, Getaway Car, um, yeah. Out of the Woods, Paper Rings, right. that kind of stuff. Right. Paper Rings actually slaps. That's a great song. Um, but we, we, we talked to two of the, the, the greatest players in the game uh, on two of the best teams and very insightful, I thought. Yeah. You know, e- even for a casual fan like me, I, I thought that the, the insight that both these women provided was super fun. So let's, probably, let's start on the Iowa side because obviously re- returning the best player in the world, just from Jump Street, KG, you being a shooter yourself and kind of being in that mind and that mind space offensively, how do you stop that? Or how do you limit that and try to guard a player like Caitlin Clark? Well, good luck. Uh, let me preface this, Mac. Best, when you say best player in the world, I'll say best player in the college game. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. that's what you that's mean, my world. right? Okay. That's my world. All right, yeah. Because right, right. Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, Chelsea Gray, you know. Asia these, Wilson's a these, these women are balling. But, okay, how do you stop her? You don't. Like, you, you're not going to say, we're going to hold Caitlin under 20. I mean, you're not. Just with what she does for Iowa, her usage, how much the ball's in her hand, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, I think it's just how you contain her and make it really difficult for her. Honestly, LSU did a good job. First of all, they got her in foul trouble. I mean, that's if you can do that, that's obviously the way to go. But she hasn't. She generally doesn't get in foul trouble. We, there's some controversy over how that game was officiated, the national title game. It just it didn't seem like it was the best officiated game ever. But that's something you can do. And then the other thing, too, is Caitlin Clark will turn the ball over. Now, that's mainly because the ball's in her hands a lot. And so that happens. She had six turnovers in the national championship game, also had the four fouls. Um, she had 30 points on 22 shots, hit eight threes, because that's what she does. The other thing you can do to kind of try to um, limit her in some ways is you can't put her on the free throw line. You can't give her free points and let her get shots up when the clock is stopped and just continue to get into a rhythm. So there's some things that you have to really focus on. Kayla King, who is the defensive stopper for Virginia Tech, is going to be guarding her, at least start on her. And they're going to have to do a lot of different things to try to – I know Liz Kitley was saying something about they've been working on a bunch of different ball screen coverages because they do a lot of screening action with Caitlin Clark. But to me, the key is I, I would make her – I would do everything possible to make her take my goal on every possession would be do not let her take a three. I would, I would want her to do anything else. Let her get to the rim, let whatever pull Mm -hmm. up. But the way she really gets going is knocking down those threes. And sometimes she pulls up from the logo and I don't know what you're supposed to do about that, but um, possibly in foul trouble would be, would be amazing for Virginia tech rattling her a little bit, make her have some turnovers and just, Try to keep her off that three-point line in any way you can, and don't put her on the free throw line. Yeah, and, and I, I know I said this in in the interviews, but one of the most impressive things to me about Caitlin, just because I, I knew she was a scorer, right? And, and you watch, and you, know, you casually watch, and you can see that it's very evident. But the way that she can create, you know, for yeah. other players and be a playmaker, pass her passing and vision is freaky. I mean, she is very comfortable as a distributor. Uh, if she's not scoring, but she's she's just so good, she's going to be do both. I love what you said there because I was going to bring that up. Is the best defense for her 
an aggressive offense and forcing her into foul trouble, getting her tired, just whoever she's guarding, say, hey, you got to go. You got to drive. You have to step up and have that game. Do you think that is A, is there a way that Iowa can protect her and hide her by guarding mm-hmm. whoever? And B, is there a player that if they get the ball, can they still be comfortable with it being attacking, with knowing there's a lot of new girls out here for Virginia Tech? I think you're right. Honestly, the way you attack Iowa is, I think, to run and gun and play fast. And that's what LSU did. That's exactly what LSU did. LSU scored 102 on Iowa, and LSU hit 11 mm-hmm. threes and kind of beat Iowa <laughs> at being Iowa. Right, at their own game, yeah. And LSU had not made threes like that all year, but they they knew they kind of had to, and they did. And But a team that can make threes and can run and gun is Virginia Tech. That's why this game is so exciting and so fun. I have to I think Caitlin Clark will probably guard Kayla King, who's guarding her, mm-hmm. because I feel like Gabby Marshall will probably draw the role of guarding Georgia Amor which is going to be right. um, a big task for Gabby. And we know Georgia Amor had – if if Caitlin Clark had the best march, Georgia Amor probably had the second best march. And you can throw Angel Reese right. into it, of course. So going after her on the defensive end is what you want to do for sure. And Kayla King, that's a key for me with Virginia Tech for the whole season is Kayla King needs to be a little more aggressive. She's got to be a double-figure scorer for them. She's been around nine points per game, and she's an exceptional shooter – but I think she's got to be more aggressive. And if Clark is on her, that's a perfect excuse to just be more aggressive and, and kind of hunt right. her shot more and try to attack the rim. So that's what you can do. But Mac, I preface this all by you can attempt, right? Like Caitlin <laughs> Clark is so good. And yeah. she seems to thrive in these primetime bright light situations. All eyes, yeah. So she is going to be ready to go. I think what's going to be interesting, Mac, to me, I also think Liz Kitley's going to get hers because they lose Zanano, Iowa does. Yeah. They have O'Grady, who's a young player who only played like five minutes per game last year, who's going to draw that mm-hmm. task. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be who shows up around these stars. That That's going right. to be what decides this game for me. Right. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I want to touch on that in a second a little bit more, but want to go back to kind of big picture and, and the moment of this game and, and – you know, in the intro, you kind of took a little air out of it. I want you to put air back into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. How, how important is a game of this stature? You know, just just for for all of, of women's basketball and, and to have this moment playing at, in an NBA arena, uh, you know, in, in not a standalone game, but a very important game where, you know, all eyes are going to be on Iowa and Virginia Tech. It is really big. And I love what Ally and the Charlotte Sports Foundation, we've worked with the Charlotte Sports Foundation. They're great people what they're doing for this game. The custom court is awesome. Yeah. The payouts for the teams we've both heard are very, very high level. We'll just put it that way. The swag bags and just the treatment of these players, it's elite. This is a massive event. We've also heard that tickets have been going like crazy. And the Can't Spectrum confirm. Center, yes, <laughs> the Spectrum Center is going to be packed. It's an 8 p.m. game on a Thursday. And you know, we do this with men's basketball. We do the Champions Classic with Michigan State and Kansas and Duke and Kentucky, and they try to draw some viewers during basketball season, or sorry, during football season because football still runs the world. And I think they're trying to do this with South Carolina, Notre Dame, but also this game, Iowa, Virginia Tech, draw some of those viewers and get some excitement early in November around basketball season. And that's what this game will do because Caitlin Clark is – um, she's one of the biggest sports stars in the country, for yeah. sure. Anybody that has the power, and a lot of this was also LSU, do not get me wrong, 
but at least was a big contributor, Caitlin Clark was, to getting 10 million people to view your national title game. In a non-primetime yes, spot, by the way. Yes. This is the next time since that national title game that Caitlin Clark will be on national television in prime time. So what kind of viewers can this game draw? I think that's also going to be really, really interesting. And Virginia Tech is starting to solidify itself as a team that needs to be respected as not just a, a national power that can get to a Final Four, but also a team that can draw viewers. So I think I'm excited to see the ratings for this game, to be honest, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple more for you, KG, because I, I am so interested in this matchup and, and just the the way that you know, each team's going to dive into it. Now, we know that both are losing a couple of starters. Uh, it sounded like Virginia Tech, just the way Liz said, I'm not saying she's concerned, but it did sound like it's just a lot of turnover, mm-hmm. and they're having to figure it out from a whole team perspective. Uh, but you kind of mentioned this, and, and before I ask you about, you know, who has more question marks, who has the better number two? I, I think it's mm. relatively obvious, but maybe it's not. Uh, who has the best you know, complimentary piece or even, you know, AB type situation, A1, A, A2 situation of of score, distributor, playmaker, uh, Iowa or Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I think you've got to say it's Virginia Tech with Georgia Amore. Georgia Amore, preseason honorable mention All-American, I believe, um, was the MVP of the ACC tournament, the MVP of the Seattle Three region, was unreal shooting the ball. I mean, she was... Without her, they do not get to a Final Four. That is for sure. And I'm not sure you can say that about anybody else on Iowa's team except Caitlin Clark. Maybe Zanano, but that was from last year. Yeah, the second yeah. the second best player for Iowa's is Kate Martin, who's been really, really good for Iowa. Gabby Marshall's also been good. They lose McKenna Warnock, too, in addition to Zanano. So Virginia Tech for sure has the best number two. I think that's that's yeah. not really an argument. Um, so is Georgia it fair Amor, to also say, though, right, go ahead, go ahead, my bad. Well, my question with Georgia is just she had a good year heading into March, and then she was great. So can she continue that, right? You have to take what you did in March and continue to be elite. Right, no no questions. But with that, do you feel like do, does Virginia Tech have more questions? Like the, they might have the two you know, best or, or the second and third best answer, but do they have more questions on the back end? Yes, simply because Iowa did not go to the portal. Iowa took Stolke and O'Grady from their roster and kind of brought them up into starting roles, and Virginia Tech went to the portal. Virginia Tech only has three players returning that actually played on last year's team, and that's their big three in Kitley, Georgia, and Kayla King. So Rose Mishaw is a transfer from Minnesota. She's going to play that four spot, kind of try to take that Taylor Soul role. And then Matilda Eck. A really good shooter has some more size than Keanu Trailer did, so I think that's going to be their starting five. They brought uh, Sumiel from Wake Forest, a transfer, and then they have like six freshmen. Virginia Tech does. Mm. So if they get in foul trouble and they got to play one of those freshmen early yeah. in this game, <laughs> that that's a lot to be asking. And neither of these teams have a ton of depth. Both of these teams want to play about six or seven players. So foul trouble could be a huge factor in this game, Mac. But I, I do think Virginia Tech has a few more questions because of these transfers and just to see how they're all going to play together so early in the season. Right. Hey, hey, hey young freshman. Yeah, you got 22. Uh, she's open <laughs> when she walks inbounds. Happen. She walks in when she walks inbounds. So look out. Hopefully it doesn't. Uh, we'll see. All right, last one, and, and we'll get out of here, KG. Major key for each team. Mm-hmm. How does does X team win because of what? 
So I mentioned this already for Iowa. I think O'Grady and what she's able to do against Liz Kitley is huge. If Iowa still had Zanano and it was Zanano versus Kitley, you've got two players that are just absolute vets and that would be a great battle, but it'd be relatively even. She played six minutes per game last year. O'Grady did. So you're going up against a two-time ACC player of the year. How does that matchup go? I think that's my key for Iowa. How can they slow down Kitley with such a young player? And then for Virginia Tech, you have to limit Iowa to one and done. You cannot give Iowa second chances. Mm. Mac, the best time to shoot a three is off an offensive rebound. You know this, my friend. <laughs> and also in transition, which Iowa loves to do. Yes. <laughs> Iowa only had seven offensive boards against LSU. And to me, that was one of the reasons why LSU won. There were a lot of reasons, but that was a big one. LSU was yeah. great on the glass. So I think rebounding is going to be big. You, If Caitlin Clark launches a three and for some reason she misses, you have to grab the rebound and keep Iowa off the offensive class. So I, those are my two keys, Mac. I'll give you a, a, a prediction. It's so early in the year, and I haven't seen these two teams play their first games, which I really want to see before I give my prediction, but I don't have that luxury. <laughs> so I will give my prediction, but Come I want on. to hear yours. I want to hear yours. Okay, I, I go first. Well, I, I do want to start with transition three, the, the best shot in all of basketball. And, and the such best a feeling bracket. too, right? Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh. And, and it's a it's a backbreaker. I mean, you see that you're running and gunning and then pull up, bang. Uh, you know, shout out to Coach Like Carter, I could have this layup, but I'm going to pull I'm up right because here. I'm that confident. Yes. Oh, That's I love right. it. That's right. So love to see that. Um, and, and here's the deal. I, I think that when you have a big, as impactful as Liz Kidley, who's expanding her game, she told us, hey, look out. You might see a couple more fadeaways from a little farther away. I think that you can try to manipulate the game. I think you can try to slow it down on top of that lack of offensive rebounds uh, and, and really try to limit that. I think the Hokies are physical. Ooh. I think that they build off of what they had to do last year to make this type of run. You and Liz talked about it a bunch. Physicality is going to be key. Yeah. How do you beat shooters? You get in their face. You bump them. You don't let them feel like they can just catch and shoot. I think the Hokies make some noise here. And when a – relatively low scoring, not quite oh, – I, I think high 70s, I think, is where yeah. this game's going to be. High 70s, I think Liz Kidley's the MVP, and they get the dub. So it's funny that you say that. I think this game is probably going to be played in the 70s, maybe low 80s. I don't think anyone's scoring 100 like LSU did. Right. And that's pretty high scoring in general sure. for women's hoops. And this game is going to be very back and forth, very offensive-minded, which we love. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. <laughs> Mac. I don't want us to look like homers and both pick Virginia Tech. That's fine. And I'm I glad love I got to go first. <laughs> I, I love this big three for Virginia Tech. I've got some questions about the other parts. Caitlin Clark is, is such a weapon. I think Virginia Tech can lose this game and be completely fine and still make a run to the Final Four. Sure. And this is game two for them with all these new pieces. So I think Iowa wins. I think Iowa wins 75 to 70, something like that. But I think both teams look really good. It's it's just kind of the big question. You can't limit Caitlin Clark. Can right. you contain her enough? Sure. And how do these transfers look for Virginia Tech? I just right. don't know. Yeah, I know sure what I'm going to get from Iowa. I know the system. And I at least know that those certain players are going to fit into their system. So yeah. I think Iowa wins. But I think it is an epic basketball game. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be so much fun. Give me 40-plus uh, from our girl Caitlin Clark. Give me 30 and the dub for Liz Kidley, oh, and I'll be okay, a very happy okay. man. We'll be there in person. It's going to be super fun coverage. You guys have to tune in. ACC Network will be chopping it up all pregame with 
uh, ACC PM. And then, of course, after the game, we'll do a little all ACC uh, with Gramlick and Mac Lane plus Riggs. We're going to make it happen <laughs> out on that court. It's going to be so much fun. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Super fun episode. Huge shout out to Virginia Tech. Huge shout out to Iowa uh, for Gabby and Liz for joining us. And it was so much fun. And also appreciate, appreciate you guys over on YouTube watching this. We continue to have your support there. Subscribe, leave some comments, jump in the chat. Uh, and then, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that as well. But until next time, we'll see y'all.